Welcome to the Cornerstone Baptist Church podcast. My name is Justin Wheeler. I am the preaching pastor for Cornerstone Baptist Church in Wiley, Texas. And it is February of 2020. This year on the podcast, we are answering questions that come in from you. Whether you're a member of Cornerstone Baptist Church or a regular listener to the podcast, if you have a question that you would like me or one of the other elders in the church to answer, we would love to hear that question. We would love to be able to serve you in that particular way. Now, we've already received a handful of questions we've got, and they're still coming in. But if you haven't had a chance to ask your question, we would ask you to go ahead and submit that. If you're a member of CBC, you can email your question to Scott or Cody, or you can simply write it down, drop it in the offering when it comes by. Um, if you're a listener, you can submit your question through our social media, Facebook or Twitter. And if you're a member, you can do that as well. You know that. But if you need contact information, you can also contact us through our website at cornerstonewiley.org. Now, today, the question is about how we should engage with those non-Christians who come to our door. Here's the question as it was stated when it was presented to us. When a Mormon or Jehovah's Witness comes to the door, should we engage them? And how do we do so in a biblically sound way? Now, there's two questions there. Number one, should we engage them? And number two, how do we do that? Uh, I think this is a really helpful and practical question for many of us. Um, living in this particular area of the Dallas Metroplex, living in the South, uh, it, it's not uncommon, at least here. I don't know how common it would be in all these other areas, but uh, living in this particular region, it is not uncommon throughout the year to have either Jehovah's Witnesses knocking on our door or Mormon missionaries coming to our door. And so this is a very practical question for us. And in one sense, the answer is quite simple. Yes. <laughs> when it comes to should we engage with non-Christians who come to our door, the answer is absolutely yes. We, we have this wonderful opportunity to do what Christ has called us to do as believers, which is to make him known, to make disciples, to proclaim the gospel. How are they going to believe unless they hear? And how are they going to hear unless someone preaches? That's Romans 10. And so we have a responsibility as ambassadors for Christ to make him known, to uh, give a, an answer uh, to the questions that are given to us, to um, share the hope that we have in Christ with those who seek that out. So the answer is, is quite simply, yes, we should. We should seek to be helpful to individuals like this. We should seek to be hospitable and kind and generous and all these things. But we should make it our aim to proclaim the gospel, to, to share or declare the good news of Jesus Christ to them. But the, the real question is, okay, well then, if yes, if we should be doing this, then how do we do this? Uh, when we get the opportunity to share the gospel, to speak truth to these folks who come to our front doors, what should we be doing? How should we be engaging with them? Well, that's where this gets a little more detail. Now, um, th there are plenty of things you can find online. I know you're asking this question because you want to know from your pastors, but I am going to direct you online in a little bit. But I'll just say this. Um, number one, we should be engaging them I know it's not always the best time. So if you're in the middle of something or you're about to leave and someone's knocking on your door and you don't have the 30 minutes that it might take or, or 20 minutes that it might take to sit down and, and discuss things with them or even just to stand by the door, it might be a good, a good thing for you to reschedule. I've done this in the past. I'll probably do it in the future uh, because we're a busy family. But uh, yeah, take the time if you, if you don't have it right then, maybe it's a good idea to reschedule. These people are, are generally in the area. Um, 
on a regular basis. So if it's a Jehovah's Witness, um, they may have a, a kingdom hall somewhere close by and they're reaching out to their general community. If it's a group, group of Mormon missionaries, uh, they may just be in that region for a short period of time, but they would more than likely be willing to come back. So it may not always be the best time, but yes, you should try to take the time, make the time uh, to engage with them. And, and here's the thing that a lot of us come across. We don't always want to engage uh, other people. We know that there are very strongly differing beliefs. We may know or believe that they are uh, members of a cult, depending on your understanding of their beliefs and how that fits into the whole cults of world religions thing. And, and so sometimes you just don't want to have this discussion. You don't want to have this debate. You just want to sit and relax. And so in, in some cases, you may need to reschedule because the time is not right. But in some other cases, you may need to recalibrate your heart. And that's, that's really the hard work here. That we need to look at these individuals who are coming to our door, who are knocking on our door to have spiritual conversations with us. They're trying to win us as converts to their particular beliefs and cause. But, but we need to be taking the truth to them because they are men and women created in the image of God and they need the gospel of Jesus Christ so that they can be saved from their sins and reunited to God. So if we don't want to engage with them, we need to do that heart work, recalibrating our heart, remembering that we were in a very similar position at some point in life and we needed someone to share the gospel with us. So we should. We should seek to engage them. We should maybe make sure it's a good time. We should recalibrate our hearts. But no matter what, we should always be kind. We should always be hospitable. You may not want to do this, but I think it's a good idea to invite people into your home if they're willing to come into your home. Um, sit down, have a conversation with them, get to know them, be generous, maybe offer them something to drink. Uh, in, in case of Mormons, they're not going to drink uh, coffee or tea, but maybe hot chocolate or water or lemonade or something of that nature. Um, and, and be generous to them. Also be eager to discuss the grace of God with them. Um, now, here's why I say it that way. Be eager to discuss the grace of God with them. We shouldn't be eager to debate with them. Right? I mean, just, just think about this for a second. If you believe and understand that these individuals who are Mormon or Jehovah's Witnesses, they're, they're not Christians in any biblically sound orthodox sense. So we would understand that they fall into the realm of a cult, a, a religious cult. But I, I don't think we're going to um, commend ourselves and our beliefs to these individuals if we start out by saying, you know, I believe you're in a cult, right? I mean, that's just not going to win us much of an audience. And so we want to not be so eager to debate with them. We want to be eager to discuss the grace of God with them. Now, now, all these things may be true, but that doesn't mean we have to insult them from the start. And that's how they're going to receive that if we, could, we, we say something like, well, you know you're not a Christian. You know you're part of a cult, right? So in the initial meeting, don't be so eager just to jump into the, to the debate over the fine details of their doctrine. Um, it, it's, it's not that we can't discuss those things, but we probably shouldn't start in that area. Uh, that might come later. We may begin to discuss those things later. We need to do that in a generous and kind and patient way as much as we can. But I don't think that's the way we start. I think engaging with people and, and uh, putting them in, in a place where they feel comfortable and loved and respected is, is probably the, the best way to start. So just get to know them. Talk a little bit about them. Talk a little bit about their, their lives, their families, where they live, their experience. How did they come to be, to be uh, at your front door right now? And just kind of put them uh, at ease a little bit if you can. So um, let's 
let's make sure that we're engaging them, making time for them. Let's make sure that we're not just eager to jump into a debate with them. And, and let's be eager to share the hope that we have in Jesus and specifically the assurance that we have that is based on the grace of God. Now, don't neglect the art of conversation. What's your name? Where are you from? Those kind of things. Don't be rude when you can be kind. Don't be silent when the Spirit would have you speak. And don't hide the truth when Christ deserves to be revealed. And that, that's really our aim when someone knocks on our door and we welcome them in or we take the time to discuss the gospel with them is that we want them to know the truth. And I like to follow a simple pattern uh, when I'm sharing the gospel. And it's the pattern that comes out of the, the Protestant Reformation with the five solas. We understand that salvation comes to us by grace alone. Um, it is the, the work of, of Christ alone. Um, it is, it's, it's not based on a system of sacraments. It is grace. It is the unmerited favor of God. And there are dozens and dozens of passages in the New Testament that make this clear to us. So we start with that. Salvation ultimately is by grace alone. It is through faith alone. It's not as a result of our works. It's not as a result of our uh, adherence to that system. It is by faith alone, and it is in Christ alone. Um, our, our, our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. It's the cross of Christ that, that um, is the, the place where God deals with our sin and grants to us his righteousness. And so salvation is by grace alone. It's through faith alone. It's in Christ alone. And this next part is really important. It's, it's revealed in the Bible, the Holy Bible, the Scriptures alone. Uh, the Book of Mormon, uh, the Watchtower Tract Society, and all the work that they do there. Um, there's no truth there, at least no truth that's going to get us to God, because only the truth that God has revealed to us is going to get us to God. It's by Scripture alone. And I, I know in the Reformation it's, it's talking about tradition and it's talking about practices and things like that, but it's very real in that moment. Scripture alone reveals to us the truth about salvation. And it's for God's glory alone. It's not for our glory. It's not for our um, you know, deification in, in the future, which is what uh, the Mormons believe, but it's for God's glory alone. We will always be God's people, and He will always be our God. So, um, yes, we should engage and we should find time to do that. We should recalibrate our hearts for that purpose. Uh, no, we shouldn't be eager to debate with them. We should be eager to share with them the hope that we have in Jesus and the assurance that we have based on God's grace. Now, okay, so what do we do next? Well, who knows when these individuals are going to come to your door? And so I would recommend that you spend some time preparing yourself for those encounters. Uh, and there's a couple of ways that you can do that. You can know your Bible. I mean, be ready to teach the gospel through well-known passages of Scripture. Now, you might follow that format, that five solas, grace, faith, Christ, Scripture, God's glory. You may follow that uh, in your proclamation of the gospel. You may have heard uh, some other method growing up, evangelism explosion or something like that, God, man, um, God, sin, Christ, response, those kind of things. And that's fine. That's wonderful. But I find it really helpful and really um, beneficial to me as the one sharing to be able to open the Bible and read a passage of Scripture and explain it. And there are some passages of Scripture that seem tailor-made 
for a gospel presentation. And here's just a few of them. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. It starts off with our uh, our state apart from Christ, dead in our trespasses and sins. It moves from our spiritual deadness to the fact that we are deserving of the wrath of God. There's the judgment of God. And then it moves from our deadness and, and God's judgment to the reality of God's grace and God's mercy shown to us in Christ. And then it moves on from there and it, it kind of summarizes by grace that we've been saved through faith and this is not of your own doing. It is the gift of God lest anyone should boast, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. And so if you if you work through Ephesians chapter 2 verses 1 through 10, you can do that in about 15 or 20 minutes. And it's a great way to open the Bible and explain what it says declare what it means, and you're sharing the gospel. You're declaring the gospel to the individual across from you. Another passage would be 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 through 11. That's where Paul says, I would remind you of the gospel, uh, which you heard, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved, right? Romans 10, 9 through 17, it's the explanation of how faith in the work of Christ uh, actually saves and how it is communicated uh, through uh, messengers. So Romans 10, 9 through 17. Another one, Philippians 3, 2 through 9. They're all over your New Testament. But here's the point. Find passages of Scripture that you can readily open to and, and be prepared to share the faith, to share the gospel of Christ through that particular passage. Uh, another thing is you might want to be familiar with what these individuals believe, right? So this is all part of preparing yourself for the next encounter. Know your Bible, be ready to teach the gospel through well-known passages, but then be familiar with what these individuals believe. And you can do a little research online about basic beliefs of Mormons or basic beliefs of Jehovah's Witnesses. You might even want to buy a book. Um, There are some wonderful resources out. Um, One that I've used for years is a book by Walter Martin, The Kingdom of the Cults. Now, one of the reasons why I think Walter Martin's book is so helpful is that he comes from a biblical perspective. He comes from an Orthodox Christian perspective, and he shows you how their beliefs, the beliefs of these cults and world religions, don't line up with biblical Christianity. But it's also highly evangelistic. Walter Martin was an evangelist to these communities. Uh, one of his disciples, one of the, the young men who, uh, well, he's not young anymore, but he who came out of Walter Martin's ministry was a man by the name of Ron Rhodes. And Ron Rhodes has a book, The Challenge of the Cults and New Religions. That's uh, one of the f- earliest books I read on the subject, and it was very expansive. It taught me about all kinds of different things, but it just helped me to familiarize myself with what Jehovah's Witnesses and Mormons and Hindus and Buddhists and all these other people around the world, what they actually believe. It gave me some knowledge of what was going on in their theology and in their practices. So prepare yourself for these particular encounters. Um, now there's a whole lot more we can that, that we can say. Um, maybe some experiences. I've had individuals come into my home um, and sit down, and I can share the gospel with them. They tell me a little bit about themselves, and we have a little bit of a dialogue. Sometimes it's great to share my testimony of how I came to faith, but be sure that I'm not just telling them about my story, but I'm injecting truth and scripture into that. And be sure to stress. Um, not just those gospel doctrines, but be sure to stress certain things like uh, the, the fact that uh, salvation is by grace alone. It's not the result of works. And you can look at 
passage after passage in the New Testament that would help you see that. Uh, it's really important to talk about the assurance of salvation that we have based on Christ's work, not our own work. Because those are things that Jehovah's Witnesses and Mormons don't have. A confidence in an assurance of salvation. Um, and, and here's the last thing I would say. Make sure that you pray with these individuals. Um, it, it, it slows things down. It, most people are usually blessed by having someone offer to pray with them. And these are, these are spiritual people. These are religious seekers in some capacity. And they've come to your door. If they're in my house, we're going to follow my house rules. So I'm going to pray for them. And I'm going to pray for them before they leave. And I want to pray for them after they're gone. Maybe you could uh, make a point to do that. Maybe get some contact information and try to sit down with them at another time. You never know. These individuals knocking on your door seeking to convert you to their faith, down the road at a coffee shop, they may be converted to Christ. And that would be glorious. And, and God can use all of us in order to accomplish that purpose if we do just a few things. So, yes, we should engage them. We should be kind, hospitable, generous, all of those things. No, we shouldn't be so eager to debate them and insult them. But we should be eager to share the hope that we have in Christ to them and the assurance that we have based on God's grace. We need to prepare ourselves for these encounters. I, I like the practice of finding individual passages of Scripture that allow us to declare the gospel fully. And then when we actually have the opportunity, we take the time to be good neighbors, to listen well, and to share the gospel clearly. Then we should pray for these individuals and, if possible, follow up with them uh, after the encounter. Now, you may have some thoughts on this. You may have some experiences you'd be willing to share with me so that I could grow in my knowledge of how to do this. If you want to do that, I'd be welcome to hear what you might have to share with me. You can, um, in the same way that you can submit your questions, you could submit some comments through Facebook or Twitter or some of our other social media outlets. You can send us an email. I'd love to hear from you any follow-up that you might have. Um, if you want to learn more about Cornerstone Baptist Church, you can find us online at cornerstonewiley.org. You can follow us on Twitter or Instagram at CBCWiley. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash cornerstonewiley. And you can also subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Google Play or whatever it is your, your favorite podcast catcher is. And that way you can stay up to date on all the new content. Thank you so much for listening.